All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Market Disruptor Show. And today I am uh, I'm excited to bring back a guest. We have Kenny Florian. Uh, he is a, you probably know him from the UFC most likely. He's a three-time championship contender, longtime UFC analyst, um, host of the BattleBots on Discovery. Um, he has a podcast with Anik and Florian Podcast and a brand new YouTube channel, which I'm going to link to down below and you should go follow it if you want to hear what he has to say. But uh, Kenny, thank you so much for coming back and talking to me today. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. So, um, yeah, I, I love talking to you. One, I mean, I loved watching you uh, fight. I'm a big UFC fan uh, still to this day. Um, but what I really like about you is, I mean, you have... Hey, just a real quick interruption to let you know that this video is brought to you ad-free by BlockFi. Now, they're giving you the ability to hodl your Bitcoin and your crypto as it goes up in value. And at the same time, you can earn high yielding interest on it. So you can basically hold it for all the upside potential, and then you can make cash flow off of it at the exact same time. Now, opening an account super fast, <clears throat> super simple, and they've offered to give me up to $250 for every signup. But I told them, you know what, let's give it back to you. So you can now go and you can get the $250 whenever you set up your account. And all you have to do is just check the link in the description for details, set up an account super quick and easy and earn up to $250 brought to you by BlockFi. So check them out. You're, you're probably, well, I don't, I don't want to say that the wrong way, but you're definitely one of the smarter ones of the fighters that came through there. And, Thank and you. you really have this good business sense and a kind of a sense of money and markets and things like that. And so it definitely ties into to what we talk about. So it's great to have you back. But um, why don't you just kind of fill us in a little bit? We were talking before we started recording about some things that you've been doing. Uh, why don't you kind of fill us in on what you're doing right now? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, uh, I I do that podcast uh, with, with John Anik, who's the lead commentator for the UFC. And uh, we've been doing that for several years now. And, and that's been kind of recently taken off, which is great. Um, I, I just started a YouTube channel where I, I teach, uh, you know, jujitsu and mixed martial arts techniques, uh, or I hand out a lot of free information and um, also kind of break down fights uh, on there as well from time to time. Um, so, uh, yeah. And uh, right now I'm uh, doing a show uh, called BattleBots on Discovery Channel and, uh, you know, always something to, to do with the fight world, I guess, but it yeah. kind of it blends uh, some of the best engineers in the world with with the fight game. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have, um, I have a gym in, in the Boston area called Florian Martial Arts Center. So uh, I try to keep myself busy and keep my hands in, in many different things and yeah. kind of have the main, main tree and then all the different branches that come off of it to, uh, you know, diversify and, and uh, try to get as many different business things going as, as possible. Yeah. So um, that specifically. So, you know, I know that, uh, you know, not only were you a fighter, now a media personality, but you're also an investor and a business owner at the same time. So yeah. tell us a little bit about your investing in business uh, stuff that you have. For sure. You know, um, you know, th there was a time where I, I guess I was kind of in real estate. I had a, a few different places um, and, you know, renting things out and, and things like that. Uh, eventually, I started kind of selling those and started, um, you know, opening up uh, businesses like uh, jujitsu businesses and jujitsu academies. Um, and, you know, as I got closer um, to retire uh, in the sport, I, I moved into doing media work and things like that. So I, I kind of, um, you know, as I got closer to, to getting married, I, I, you know, got married later and now have a, have a, have a daughter and another boy on the way. Um, you know, I, I've tried to look into other things and, 
Um, one of the things that really piqued my interest, I guess, back in maybe 2016, 2017 initially was uh, cryptocurrencies, specifically, um, you know, uh, Bitcoin. And um, I'm, you know, very long Bitcoin. I, I, uh, I'm a big supporter, a big believer in Bitcoin uh, to this day. And, um, you know, crapped around with, with, with some other stuff and realized that is not the way to go. And <laughs> just kind of <laughs> just been you know, really just involved in Bitcoin and just fascinated with the space. And uh, it, it's been great to see it really take off. And I think uh, we're still uh, in the early stages of that. Yeah. What I love about what you're saying and, and to kind of frame this up. So, I mean, you, you, you're, you're a business owner. I mean, you are working, right? You're an athlete. You're a media personality. You're working. Um, you're also investing. You're also starting businesses. And so you kind of I think you said, right, like you're expanding your tree or whatever, right? So it's like you're diversifying. So a lot of people don't get that right. And so that's why I want to emphasize that. I see so many people coming into the world, into my into my world, my space, and they their dream is to quit their job and become this full-time investor. And I'm like, oh, that's not really how it works, um, right? We want to be working and earning and owning assets and all these different things. And so uh, you seem to have that part uh, figured out pretty good, at least. Um, I, I, I tried. You know what? Here's the thing. It's like... Um... You know, being a mixed martial arts fighter, although I didn't really have that style of just like putting my body and brain on the line, um, it, it's obviously something where it's inherently dangerous. And, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, a training session, a fight could be your last. Um, and I think it's important that you have backup plans, um, uh, no matter what you're doing. Same when, when I got into uh, doing media work, you know, I always had something else going on. And geez, with this whole pandemic, I mean, if, if I was focused on just one thing, I would be in serious trouble, right. you know, and I'm so lucky that I was able to do that and diversify and get into other things. You know, if one thing is failing, I got something else going on or another thing. And so it's, it, it's really, it really has saved me. And um, I, I'm glad I did it. it. It was one of the most important things that I've done. And even, you know, you talk about Bitcoin and those things. I mean, it's, it's helped me a tremendous amount and um, has secured my future, especially in uh, an environment or a job where I am sacrificing my body. I mean, mm -hmm. I retired at around, I retired from fighting at 37. Um, I had hurt my back really badly. Um, and, you know, if, if your brain and your body is on the line, you want to make sure that you're, you're making the most out of your money, that your money isn't being diluted for all the hard work that you're putting into it. And um, I see Bitcoin as really the only solution to that. Yeah. So um, one of the things that caught my eye, which is why I wanted to bring you back on, is I want to talk about another athlete who's uh, who's been getting a lot of attention, who also puts his body and maybe his life on the line as well. And, yeah. and he's also seeing the same thing. Um, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about you know more investing. We'll talk about Bitcoin as well. Before we get into that, I want to jump into something else that just kind of popped up because we were just talking before. But um, you know, it, most people watching this by now know that I've recently left California. I built my whole investing career off of something that um, says that money goes where it's treated best. So that means every time before, I, like when I'm, when I'm contemplating, should I go into this investment or this or this state, I'm always thinking, where would it go to be treated best, right? Where am I going to get the best return, the least risk, et cetera. And, and now I've put my money where my mouth is and I've gone to where I'm treated best. So I left California uh, January 1st and moved to Puerto Rico, but you're also leaving California. Yes. Uh, I actually, um, so I've been in South Carolina now for since October, I guess, uh, and in the process of selling uh, our place in uh, in Los Angeles, and um, you know, looking to move. Uh, I don't think we're going to be here permanently. Uh, um, 
you know, but we are looking to move uh, to another state that just makes more sense um, tax wise, um, you know, whether it's a Tennessee or, or even maybe something like North Carolina where you could still be kind of close to family. But, um, you know, if you're paying taxes for things uh, and, and you certainly pay a lot of that in California, you know, you want to see some kind of benefit of that. Okay. It's like I'm paying all these taxes, but what am I getting in return? And over the last few years, I've been seeing less of that return. I've been seeing homelessness kick up like yeah. crazy. I've been seeing, seeing a lack of enforcement uh, on a, a lot of petty crime that, that would go on in the area. And, you know, the amount of property tax that I pay and the fact that, you know, in order to have something like, you know, a larger home for your family or a backyard even um, takes millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, when you start doing the math and, and, and you're asking yourself, what am I getting, what am I getting from living here in this state? Um, you start to realize, well, geez, I, I don't know if I'm reaping those rewards. In fact, I'm working harder uh, to gain less. And, and I feel like, um, you know, getting caught up in that kind of a rat race, no matter what kind of money you have, if you feel like, you know, your money is worth less, or you're not getting the same kind of benefits from what you're putting into it, then, you know, it's time for you to look elsewhere. And, and that's kind of what, what my family and I decided to do. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point that you brought up. You know, I talked about myself leaving and then I kind of focused on the taxes because I went to Puerto Rico. Um, but I really loved how you put that because it's not about like, we don't want to pay our share, right? And it's like, I'm, I'm okay paying taxes and helping the, the greater community. But to what you just said, right? It's like, but are you, what are you getting back out of it? And unfortunately, California, they're trying to raise the taxes again this year, which will make them not just the highest state taxes, but almost double the highest. I mean, crazy. But at the same time, like you said, what are we getting back? So it's like the number one most bankrupt state, number one in crime, number one in homelessness. I think one of the last ranked school systems and on and on and on and on, right? And so it's like, at the same time, they're still like, they can't even solve this homelessness problem. They can't like, you know, what all these things they're failing in. And I saw, I was looking at this whole list the other day, and they're still trying to get this high speed rail system in. Right. That's, that's, uh, I think it's a decade behind. And it's like, 11 billion over budget. Like, what? <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like California has a GDP that is greater than most countries, you know, they're like, yeah. in like top five or something. And you're like, wait, so what are you guys doing with all this money? I mean, you got, you got all these huge businesses that are in California. You got, you know, everything in there that, and they're taxing more than ever yet. You're not seeing them do anything with it on, on a positive level for the residents that are, that are working hard and, and paying their taxes and doing all those things. So, you know, it, it came to the point where it just seemed like, um, you know, you, you want to get out before it's too late, before, yeah. you know, things really go badly. That, that was my thought anyway. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but it, it seems like it's kind of going that direction. And there are parts of Los Angeles where, you know, if you close your eyes and I said I transported you to somewhere else, you'd think you were in a third world country sometimes, yeah, you know, sure. and that's that's just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, not at all. And so that goes back to going where we're treated best. I did see something just yesterday pop up and it was uh, 
Chamath, I forget how he pronounced his last name, but he threw yeah. his, his name in the hat, you know, to, to become the next governor if if, uh, if if Newsom can get recalled, um, which is pretty interesting. And, and basically what he's saying, I mean, he's running on a platform that he'll drop taxes to zero, state taxes to zero, which isn't that crazy. I mean, many other states, I think seven other eight states have no taxes. Um, so take it from the second, you know, the highest to, to, to no state taxes and, you know, proposes a bunch of other pie in the sky stuff. But it would, uh, it'd be interesting. And, and you have to think, right, like, uh, at what point will they go shoot, like, we're losing everybody to Texas and Florida and Nevada, like, maybe we should like pull back a little bit. But it seems like they want to double down. And so now it's like, well, shoot, so many people are leaving. I know what we can do. Let's give them a 10 year exit tax. Like, right. I know. It's unbelievable. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty scary, you know. Um, but uh, you know, Chamath is is one of the smartest guys out there. Uh, I'm curious to see if, if if it's legit and if he wants to uh, make a run uh, to do something in California. That that would certainly be interesting. You know? Now, um, you you said that you sold your gym that you had in California, right? You had a gym. Yeah. So, so I, I had a business partner, so I basically he kind of took it over. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. He bought you out. Yes. How did that, how, how has that been affected over these last like nine, 10 months through the pandemic? It's been extremely difficult, you know, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, when I was there, when it, I guess it went down March 13th, um, and it, it was really difficult to, to, to get a gym going, obviously in, in the beginning, you know, I totally get it. There was, you know, a lot of fear around it. We certainly didn't want to, uh, make things worse, but you know, a month, two months, three months, it, you know, how do small businesses survive here? I, I, I don't, I don't get it. And, and certainly jujitsu is one of the worst things as far as, yeah. you know, the spread of COVID. I, I totally understand. There's no, that. there's no social distancing with that. Right. There is no, it's the opposite of social distancing. Yeah. So it's, um, it, it's challenging, but, you know, I think I'm not sure, um, you know, how other businesses are supposed to survive with everything that's going on. You, you yeah. can only do that for so long. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, the jiu-jitsu business uh, and, and gyms like it um, probably suffered the worst out of all. Yeah, of um, for sure. So, yeah. And, and, and then again, back to other states who are open and have their gyms open. And, you know, uh, regardless of where people sit on this side of the aisle, I mean, we have states that are open and their gyms are open and they don't, they don't have any worse deaths or problems exactly. than California does. So, um, you know, you can have whatever opinion you want, but the facts are these states are open and they'll allow you to, to earn a living for your family. And so those things are important too. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Now, um, again, now jumping into what we wanted to talk about originally, um, I guess, framing that up a little bit. So you've obviously been thinking about investing for a while and starting businesses for a while. So you recognize like you need this, this, you need to set yourself up in the future, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and you recognize Bitcoin, which I think a lot of people come to it as like a speculation, like, hey, I can hey, just another quick interruption to let you know that this video is brought to you ad free by BlockFi. Now, they allow you to hold onto your Bitcoin and your other cryptos for all the potential upside. And at the same time, you can earn high yielding interest on it. So it basically cash flows. Now with BlockFi, you can earn up to 8.6% interest. You can also borrow against your crypto as well. It's super fast. It's super easy to set up an account. And right now you can get up to $250 when you set up your account. Check the link in the description that I have for details in order to claim that $250 because BlockFi is the future of finance. Just check the link in the description for all the details of how to claim your $250 today. Get rich 
Um, but I think you've stuck around long enough. You stuck it through that bear market that we had, uh, that we had, and, and I know you start to see it, um, differently. Do you see that as something that is giving us like a chance to opt out like a lifeboat that we have to maybe weather this storm that, that we see coming? Do you see like a big financial storm coming? I, I truly do. I, I see it as, you know, not only something that we can kind of save ourselves from, but also deliver us into the future and, and kind of act as, um, you know, I guess quasi banks, international banks, really, mm -hmm. uh, where we can uh, deliver money wherever we want, whenever we, whenever we want. Um, so I think I really, I truly see that being the future. Um, and I've always been kind of fascinated with uh, disruptive technologies like that. Um, and, you know, for something like Bitcoin, I think it is something to not only hedge against the current uh, in inflation that's going on, um, but also create a, a complete different system. Um, and I think that anytime you want to uh, deal with a current system, there, there needs to be something else that's built. It's not just about getting out of it. There, there needs to be something else that you can get into. And Bitcoin has established itself as that. And when you see that it's been around now and it's, it has been kind of proven to be this uh, almost like unkillable uh, life organism of money, um, it just gives me that much more confidence in it. And, you know, um, I think that, people are still learning about it and, and seeing what it does. And um, I think as people realize its power, I, I think it's only going to get bigger and better. So um, the one thing that kind of caught my eye is there's a, there's a big NFL football player, Russell Akung, and uh, he's, he's been uh, a pretty big Bitcoin advocate for, for quite a while, year, year and a half, um, been pretty outspoken. And he's actually been fighting for uh, to get paid in Bitcoin for quite a while, I want to say like a year. And I think news came out that uh, just recently, maybe in the last month or so, that he was going to finally get paid in Bitcoin, his whole contract or whatever. Um, and so uh, as I, I'd love to hear an athlete's take on that. Not only an athlete, but someone who believes in setting themselves up for the future, um, taking risk out of things, as you said, right? You, you had your body and, and, uh, and mind at risk. And so you're trying to de-risk yourself into the future. Um, you're thinking about the future. You're a Bitcoin advocate. What do you think about an athlete like Russell doing that? I think it's awesome. Um, and, and again, you know, uh, we all know about the, the horrific stories of a lot of these football players and, you know, the tragedies that uh, come out of um, CTE and, um, you know, the, the depression or whatever it is that they suffer coming off of their football career. I, I mean, they're, they're banging heads in there for years against the most massive dudes on the planet. So, yeah. you know, I, I think he, he understands just like MMA fighters or boxers or anyone really that um, you can't have your hard earned money and time diluted. You know, anything that we spend our time doing, um, it, it, there's a cost there. And if you're getting money and it's being diluted uh, by the Fed and, and printing their money, um, it, it's a horrible thing, you know, um, for me specifically, you know, my parents are from Peru. Uh, my dad was a physician that came to this country, you know, and in Peru, I think they've gone through, uh, two different currencies, you know, at least since, since I was born, wow. uh, you know, because of how horrible it was over there with inflation. So that is a very real thing. So for me, it kind of hits home that that is a, a, a true reality. Um, you know, I have cousins and family in Venezuela, and obviously we know about the situation over yeah. there where, you know, wow. it's literally cash is trash. They're throwing it away. So 
Um, it, it, there's some horrific situations. And I, I'm not saying it, it's going to happen like that with the United States overnight, but um, any time you, you see, uh, you know, this kind of inflation, it's horrible. You know, in jujitsu or in fighting, if you're good, you lean on your opponent and you let your opponent uh, take all of your weight. And over time, that becomes very tiring. You get tired until you do something stupid, you make a mistake, or you tap out. Uh, and that's kind of what the central, that's kind of what the Fed is doing. That's kind of what the central banks are doing is that they're putting uh, the burden on us and uh, we're working harder to make less. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a situation that no one should be a part of. And if you have the ability to opt out of that, why not? And I think Bitcoin is more than that, in my opinion, but it certainly is an answer to that. Yeah. Wow. I love that. That was so good. That, that <laughs> analogy that you put into, uh, into jujitsu about leaning on your opponent, right? And you wear them out and eventually you have to get out of that. Um, yeah, well said. That's definitely gonna be a soundbite for sure. Um, you. But, you know, in regards to that, I didn't, I didn't know about your family and being, you know, having having ties down there i think you said peru and venezuela and so um i think that gives you a unique perspective right where like you've seen currencies blow up you said twice right yeah uh, you've seen venezuela and that that kind of hits home and so that drives the need the use case for you and and unfortunately i think in the united states so many people have just the dollar the dollar is the reserve currency of the world and they just think that so a lot of people they don't understand why I might need that. Um, yeah. But, but it definitely, it definitely makes a difference for you. But so, you know, in Russell's case, I mean, accepting that uh, payment in Bitcoin, what do you think about that? Like from a risk standpoint though, right? I mean, he's going to put mm -hmm. all his money into Bitcoin and like, what if Bitcoin drops, he loses sure. that, but at the same time, he's still kind of in his good earning years. He can still make a lot more money back. I mean, how, how do you think about mitigating the risk in something big like that? Sure. Um, you know, if, if, I think, if, if other athletes were thinking about this and like thinking about following suit. Right. Listen, I think that, you know, for Russell, I think he genuinely has a, um, a faith in Bitcoin and he has already basically seen what is happening. And to him, I think it's, it's almost a question of um, almost religion. And I know that Bitcoin kind of gets, uh, thrown around like it is a, a, a religion, but I think that he realizes that he doesn't want to be a part of the current system. And I think he has a, a belief and, and a certain foresight uh, that I agree with. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know, hey, listen, if I'm getting paid tens of millions of dollars in the NFL, would I go all in? Probably not, if I'm being honest, but um, I think maybe doing something like half or 25% or of that does make a heck of a lot of sense because I think that, you know, in this year, I do think that Bitcoin is going to blow up even more. I think this is just the beginning. Uh, and if you're, if you have a long-term vision for uh, what people are seeing, I, I think that um, it, it's going, it's going to uh, grow exponentially over time. Yeah. And you kind of see it like, Hey, I'll take 25% uh, and I'll put that, that's like my retirement money. And I'm going to put that in Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that might be more of a, a conservative play. That's something that I would probably do yeah. um, maybe a little bit more depending on how much I have saved. But um, you know, Russell is obviously all in. Sure. I, I love the belief. Um, I'm not sure if every athlete should do that, but I think it's something that should be considered by every athlete, at least have something, at least yeah. have something you, you've worked your whole life to become a professional athlete. 
And you know what? It can be taken away from you in an instant. Yeah. Uh, and what better, what better savings technology than Bitcoin, in my opinion? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with what you said about Russell. Um, of course, we don't know all the inner workings of what he has going on. Um, I wouldn't advise anybody to put 100% of their whole life into it either. Um, so, you know, 25%, 50%, whatever that number is, whatever you're comfortable with. But, you know, I mean, he might have 10 million of US dollars cash sitting there and now he's put another 10 million in Bitcoin. So, so we don't we don't know that. Um, also, like I said, he still has a lot of earning years probably behind him. So even if he lost that, he can go make more money. Of course, the future is not certain. Yes. I'm sure you saw the news of MicroStrategy, um, which is a publicly traded billion dollar company, and they decided to put their entire treasury, about half a billion dollars into Bitcoin, the whole thing. And people are like, oh my gosh, that's so risky. They're going to put all their money into Bitcoin, but they make profit 30 million a year. So even if they lost the 500 million, even if they're going to have another 30 million at the end of the year. So like it, yes. you have to think about the risk from a, uh, from bigger angles like that. But um, I do love what you just said where, you know, um, athletes need to be thinking about things like this. And it seems like athletes and uh, I don't know specifically for your sport, MMA athletes, but for sure we know about football players and basketball players going broke all the time. Um, and it seems like, uh, you know, they're all college educated, right? I mean, maybe they didn't get much of an education. Of but they, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but at the same time, they're not really thinking about that. Um, and you've definitely had a whole different perspective any insight into why you think they have that short-term perspective is just education, their upbringing. I mean, no one's helping them. Yeah. Listen, I think that um, a lot of it has to do with education. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of these guys are young and are living in the now and just thinking about trying to make as much money as possible and uh, maybe have their priorities and other things. But, you know, it's so sad, Mark, you know, when I see and I hear these stories about former athletes or former fighters and, you know, they're not talking the same. They're, they're not acting the same. Um, they've invested in silly things like, uh, you know, how many, how many athletes have we heard about opening up a restaurant and it going bankrupt or yeah. things like it's horrible to see. And, and a lot of these guys are doing that. And, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, whether they realize it or not, that they know that they need to do something with that money. And uh, I, I do feel like, you know, it can be tricky getting into other businesses. If you, if you don't have a solid foundation or, or a good business sense, it's like, man, don't get into things you don't know, but uh, something like Bitcoin uh, is worth investigating for people. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's your bank account in the sky. Uh, yeah. And I think that, you know, people don't look into the future as much as they, they should. Again, I can't stress it enough. If you are a professional athlete, one, you are one injury away. You are one slip away yeah. from it all going away. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like maybe that's what you should be doing. Talking to these professional <laughs> athletes and trying to help them out a little bit. Right. Um, yeah. Cause it always comes down to like that perspective. Right. And uh, it's about, you know, ha having that paradigm shift and, and realizing like, shoot, I'm young and I'm healthy and I'm a superstar, but like anything could go wrong. Um, yeah, maybe, Maybe, maybe that's your next calling, Kenny. Yeah, maybe. I, maybe you, know, you, can start talk, you can start talking about it on your podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Maybe it's something for the YouTube channel. But I think you're right. You know, it, geez, you know, MC Hammer, uh, Mike Tyson, all these other guys who had hundreds of millions of dollars and they lost it all. It is very real. You know, having the wrong people around you or making the wrong investments or, you know, having someone else manage your money that, you know, doesn't know what they're doing. And, and you know. 
there's so many things that could go wrong. And I think that, um, you know, doing, doing your research, doing your work and thinking about the future, especially if you have a family is critical, you know, and yeah. I think a lot of these guys are single and they're not kind of thinking about uh, perhaps the future. Yeah. One thing that I've seen and we hear a lot, and I'm curious what your own thoughts are on this, but one thing that we've seen is that, um, you know, really to understand Bitcoin, you have to have this long-term perspective, as you've already said, right? It's about holding on for a long time, maybe that retirement account, whatever. Um, but when you when you can put your money into something that's retaining or growing in value, you mentioned that how these athletes, um, they, they, they have this money and they feel like it's losing value and they have to do something with it. But when you're able to put it into something that's retaining and even growing in value, it starts to change your thought process all of a sudden. Totally. And now you're like, shoot, do I really want to buy that thing? Like, like I have the money right there. Like it's probably going to be worth more in the future when you have fiat money and you know, it's worth less in the future. It's like, well, shoot, I better go spend it. And, and an extreme example of that would be Weimar Republic in Germany when they're having mass inflation or in Venezuela, for example, in Venezuela, they might, they might actually get paid multiple times a day and have to go out and buy stuff right away. Cause it's losing value so fast. Um, so anyway, it seems like most people have had their whole perspective shifted. Have you noticed that in yourself or other people? Oh my God. And I think that's like one of the biggest thing that, that Bitcoin did to me is you start to realize, wait a sec, what is money? What is this thing? And you realize the value of it and you go, okay, so if this is gaining in money, then do I really want to spend it on, you know, uh, this, these, this Gucci shirt or whatever yeah. it is, you're like, wait yeah. a second, what was I doing? And, you know, when I was single, whatever, like I didn't get that still. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a nice shirt. I'm going to buy that. You yeah. dummy. You just spent a, a ton of money on it. Yeah. But Hey, you know, the, the certain things like that. But when you start realizing that your money is going up uh, or your money has the potential to go up, you think way harder, um, not only about money and what it does, how, how it really is this, this, crucial trade that you're making yeah um you really start to think more wisely about your money and you go geez do i want to buy this nice car or do i want to buy a home for me and my family you yeah. know so yeah value you're trading value for other value and you have to see it that way right yeah and i'm just curious if it's changed your thinking more i mean maybe this is a chicken or the egg syndrome. Maybe you're already the guy who was thinking about your future, which is why you got into it. Uh, maybe sometimes it's the other way around, but like once that spills into your thinking on money, all of a sudden it's like, well, now I should think about my health in the future. Maybe I should think about my relationships in the future. Maybe, right. And all of a sudden we go from this fiat money mindset where it's all now, now, now I'm going to have pizza and ice cream every night. Cause I don't care if it tastes good. to all of a sudden this long-term perspective where I'm like, shoot, I should think about my health, my like all these other things, you know, like maybe it starts spilling over into our life. There's no question about it, man. I think you could be uh, more accurate on that. I think when you start to do the investigation of what money is and you compare it to other things and you compare it to, you know, the hardest asset in the world, like a Bitcoin, you realize that it starts to like embed itself into your life and spread into all these right. different things, you know, if you're doing the research and if you're thinking about it. And, and I think that that is, uh, it's huge. You know, I've, I've learned more from uh, investing in Bitcoin than a lot of other things, because of course, you know, money uh, makes the world go around everything yeah. we do, every decision we make, uh, the, the time that we take to do things. Um, it really involves money, uh, you know, and, 
I think that's uh, especially true if you are trying to look for the future and trying to provide for your family. Yeah. Now switching gears a little bit, um, you know, well, leading into that, I mean, one thing about Bitcoin that's so unique and so revolutionary is that for the first time in history, I can hold my wealth on my own. I can have custody of it and I can decide nobody can steal it or manipulate it. And if I want to give it, send it to you, nobody can stop it, block it, prevent it. And, that, and that's revolutionary. So it, be, it, it allows me to be sovereign, right? No government can tell me what to do with my, with my wealth and my money. Um, you being a, a media personality and a podcast and a new YouTube channel, I'm sure you're seeing the amount of censorship that's coming out like crazy all over us, right? Um, and, and maybe you're not that edgy. You don't have to worry about it too much. I have to watch what I say for sure. Cause I'm pushing that line, but you know, I hear a lot of people talking about, well, you know, the government's getting so intrusive and so totalitarian against us that, uh, they're just going to ban Bitcoin. Um, but I think that like, if they want to ban it, they're almost furthering the need and use case for it. Like, what do you think about that? How do you see that battle playing out? I think without a question, you know, I, I think that um, censorship is a real thing. And, and you know, we live in the, the country that, um, you know, or, you know, in the United States, we live in a country that is all about uh, freedom. And we're seeing less and less of that um, with all the types of censorship. You know, once I realized that Bitcoin was basically a separation of state and money, it was so mind blowing to me that that's a system that we just accepted for so long, right. you know, and, you know, I, I've talked to my brother about it and, you know, I had my arguments with him on it and he said, well, it's not backed by the government and they can't support it. If you lose it, I go, that's the whole point. That's the beauty of it is that yeah. it's not, and it's incorruptible. It's unfuckwittable. You know, if you, you want to say it, <laughs> yeah. you can't mess with that money. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And um, so it, it scares certain people, but I think that, we have to be very careful of giving power to, to the government, any government, because the more, you know, what's, what Cicero says, uh, uh, you know, uh, more government intervention, uh, the, the more laws, the, the less freedom. And, and that's what happens is, yep. you know, once they embed you embed into your life, it's very difficult to get them out. And, mm -hmm. and this is what Bitcoin is doing on um, with the network, with, with cryptography, with math. Uh, and, you know, as far as banning it, I don't think that's going to happen because, you know, whether it's the miners or the people themselves who own it, they can go into any, they can go to another country. They can travel to somewhere else and use it. Um, yep. And, you know, there's some arguments that say, listen, the, the network was built with a code and computer code is essentially freedom of speech. Yeah. So is the United States going to go in there and ban this freedom of speech, this code? You know, the same thing people were talking about with the internet, that they were going to shut down the internet back when it was still, you know, coming up in the 90s and things. And, you know, I, I think they found that, that that was not possible to, to, to do it all, the way that they want. So I think there will be some of that. Certainly there already is, you know, some regulation around Bitcoin. But it's going to be more difficult than they think. And I also think it's going to be one of those things where ultimately they're going to realize the whole game theory, um, you know, uh, around it and say, well, we got to opt in here at this point. Like yeah. it, it, we're, we're losing the game. So I don't know. That's what yeah. I think. But 
I think uh, to your point, um, they did they did try to ban cryptography and make it illegal to own cryptography, the code, and mm-hmm. export it. They said it was you know munitions or military uh, intelligence, mm. um, and then that was defeated because, as you said, right, the the freedom of speech. They printed it out and they delivered it. It's like, hey, it's a bunch of zeros and ones, right? Right. Um, but shoot, man, I wouldn't have said this six months ago, but right now, I mean, they're trying to ban free speech, so who yeah. knows what's going to happen with that? Uh, yeah. But. But 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 to but, but further to that point, you know, we have seen this this massive level of entrenchment into the system now, where we have people in office, senators, Congress people who are Bitcoin supporters. I've seen a massive amount of Wall Street getting into it, and of course, if you kind of understand how the government works, it's really run by lobbyists. Right. <laughs> and the, the financial the financial industry is who's lobbying the government, so we're really recruiting a lot of people on the side of Bitcoin. I also like to say that you know. And this this might be a little bit a uh, little bit hardcore, but I mean, you know, in a year from now, we might have a billion people using Bitcoin. And if a billion people don't want Bitcoin to be illegal, then it shouldn't be illegal, right? <laughs> yes, I, absolutely, <laughs> man. I think you know, and you made a great point. I mean, you have uh, what Senator Cynthia Loomis, who's right. a, a big Bitcoiner, and you know, uh, other people that are in Congress that are. Um, aware of the technology, uh, Gensler, who is going to be what the head of the SEC has experience and knowledge uh, about Bitcoin and uh, blockchain technology. So, I think these are these are all good signs. I, I do think that you know anytime you're trying to change something as drastic as uh, the monetary system, you know th- th- there's going to be a, a lot of fires that you need to put out, and there's going to be a lot of battleground and um, everywhere, but. I think we're in a good spot. Um, it, it, it's scary sometimes, but I, I think uh, I think we'll we'll get out of this, and I think it's going to be a, a technology that will be accepted eventually. I, I don't see how it can't. So, um, man, you've impressed me. You really, you really are. You're really deep down in this. You, you know, <laughs> you know the names. You know everything. Uh, I like that. I like that. Um, so you've been trying to talk to your brother about it. He's still on the fence. What about other yeah. athletes? You've been seeing some interest from other athletes. I have actually, you know, it's funny. Um, I tweet about it every once in a while, you know, uh, but so I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me questions, fighters and uh, other people, you know, I, I have other friends that are fighters and uh, former fighters and coaches that uh, are involved in, in, in uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies and things. So I, I always find that that's interesting. You know, once it comes up, you're like, oh, you are too. And then we yeah. start kind of rapping about it. So I definitely think it's something that is spreading, um, you know, and, and I always tell people, you know, more than anything else, but b- before you're taking my advice or anyone else, do the research, you know, listen to people, you know, you were one of the first people that, that I found on YouTube and were listening <laughs> to, and you, I mean, you, you helped me so much in, in learning about it and being curious about it and, and you answering a lot of those questions. And I think, you know, there is so much, there's so many resources out there now yep. where you can learn about these things. And then you you go down that rabbit hole and, and you realize what system you're in and why you need to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, man, that's, that's so much good information, Kenny. Like I said, and you really impressed me. I didn't know you had all that. I didn't know you were <laughs> that deep, but, uh, but that, that's, that's really cool. Um, so yeah, you know, keep spreading it on, uh, keep spreading it around, I guess. So um, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up with that. Um, you mentioned uh, the YouTube channel. So I want to make sure everyone's going to go follow that. We're going to link to your YouTube channel below and your podcast as well. Anything else that you want to say? No, that's pretty much it, man. You know, thank you for, for spreading the gospel and helping people out in, in a lot of different ways. And uh, thank you for having me on again. And uh, maybe we'll do it again, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, Kenny. Appreciate it. 
Thank you.